Hello and welcome to this episode of the coaching podcast from British Canoeing. Welcome to the coaching podcast. My name is Pete Catterall. I'm the talent coach developer for British Canoeing. And today I've got Sid Sinfield with me, who's the performance coach developer. <laughs> morning, morning. How are we doing? Uh, yeah, so it'd be good just to um, get a little bit of uh, information on you, Sid, a little bit about your background, where you come from, how you've ended up here, um, and then we'll get stuck into the, the podcast itself. Yeah, so um, I suppose mine's, um, as with any uh, coaching pathway, it's never been quite straight. Uh, I started coaching myself, first qualified as a coach back in 1989, which um, for those people who haven't seen me, that means I'm old. Uh, and then uh, I spent most of my career um, coaching uh, non-competitive paddle sports, actually, um, uh, whitewater, canoe, uh, and then I did a little bit of a competitive surf kayaking, um, a bit of coaching of that. Uh, and then in the last 15, 20 years, I've been pr- predominantly focused around coach education, developing coaches uh, at all levels. So I've been heavily involved with the coaching scheme for British Canoeing for, the, for a pretty long time now. Um, and I've yeah, written parts of the coaching scheme. I've been an assessor for years and years. Uh, and so the performance coach job came up and it was a new, fresh challenge for me. Um, and yeah, so that's why I'm in this chair. <laughs> so quite quite a diverse background, really. Um, so this morning we wanted to chat around um, sort of where coaching starts and how coaching develops, and how we as, as coaches sort of build our own thinking about our own coaching, if you like. Without yeah, I think you've you've opened with a clean one there. Is if we're thinking about our coaching, that's probably a good place to start. So um, I suppose um, for me. Um, I think as a coach, you really need to have, to be an effective coach and to be the best coach you can be, I think you really need to have given coaching quite a bit of thought, although it's a quite spontaneous uh, interaction with two people, it's actually, um, it is quite a a cerebral um, cognitive kind of process as well. So for me, if you've given a bit of thought about why you, you know, why you do it the way you do, then it's probably a good starting point. Uh, For me... Um, personally, I always think it's got to start with the person you're coaching. So although I'm going to think about my coaching, it's going to start with them. So why, why are they there? What do they want from their, from this coaching? Whether it's this one-off session or is it this program? Uh, why, have they, why, are they, why are they there? What's their motivation? Because if I don't know why they're there, it's much harder for me to, um, to accurately set some goals and help them achieve those goals. So for the, the, if I clarify that a little bit further, it, I like to, a little analogy I kind of like to think is um, I'm not making widgets, right? So I'm not putting the same thing in all the time and then producing the same thing all the time, regardless, um, which, which I might be if I was literally making widgets in a factory. Uh, I'm also not training a racehorse in that I'm not got um, you know a, a piece of flesh that has no real um, drive or goal itself and I've set it a target and I'm going to train it and it's going to win the Grand National. So I'm not training the racehorse either, um, I'm actually training the human being uh, and they've got their own mot- motivations, motives, goals in life and I'm helping them achieve that rather than the racehorse kind of analogy which I think for me that's the real key for coaching is I start with a person and their wants and then 
shape that into uh, how we're going to get there. Okay, yeah, it's funny. Thought we did for twelve years. I've never heard that analogy before. I mean, like <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, okay, so how does that? But where does that? How does that actually start as a? Is it if, if I'm just say I'm a new coach coming into into a coaching relationship? I've got my my beliefs on what my job is as a coach. Yeah. How, how do I start that with it? Well, the, 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 I think you, again the key athlete. the key word you just said there is relationship. So as if I was training a horse, it would be quite straightforward. I've written the program. The horse is going to go through that program, but I'm not. I'm training the human being. So therefore, I need to talk to them. I need to have that relationship. And for them to be able to talk to me, I need to build trust. I need to build empathy. There's lots. Of, I need to get to know that person. So the coach-athlete relationship. So once you know what they want from the um, from the coaching, it's then a case of connecting with them and making an effective uh, relationship with them. Um, partly because that as they go through their their journey, you're going to need to be able to pick up on their sensitivities of when they're doing something particularly well and when they need a bit of a boot, when they, they, they need some praise or when they need some constructive criticism. And you need to know the person to know exactly how you're going to do that. Um, the, the, other, the other thing about really knowing the person is if you're going to engage them, with an engagement I think is a real, uh, real important factor in coaching. If you're going to engage them, you've got to know what fires them up. What, what. So, so once we know what their maybe aspirational goals are, or what their goals are for the coaching, you then need to know them as a person, and that takes um, to do it really well. It takes up quite a bit of time, but in some coaching settings that you know we've worked in uh, ourselves, is sometimes you might only have that day to form that relationship. Uh, I suppose in the setting I'm working with now, the, the, the coaches I'm working with now have, have got a longer period of time um, to, to develop those relationships. But until you get those effective relationships, you're not going to get the performance gains that you that they want and you want. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess some some athletes, as, as I know, want they want they expect as a coach that you're going to come in with quick fixes and you're going to you're going to change their world instantly. And I guess you're, you're sort of alluding to the fact there that that, that might come later once relationships are built and once the, the, yeah the coach athlete understand each other and where they're going and you know because we all have different views on things and. Yeah, but, but equally, sometimes that quick fix gives you the, the way in for them to trust you. So trust, um, again, there's another, I heard this analogy the other day, which I thought was really, really nice as well. So if you were to start a relationship, you start a coaching relationship with somebody, it's like having an empty jar, and we want to fill that jar full of marbles. And every time you do something that builds trust, you add marbles to that jar. Uh, and if you do something that undermines the, they're trusting you. It's like taking marbles away from that jar. So early on, I need to, them to buy into what I'm doing and to believe me and trust me. And so I might do some quick wins to start chucking some marbles in the jar. Yeah. Uh, and then once I've got them where they, we've got a, a pretty functioning relationship, then every day we're probably going to be adding marbles to the jar. But equally, I can start to challenge them uh, in a way that... that that might require them to think more critically about themselves, and that's can only do that when you trust somebody. Yeah, yeah. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, because <laughs> you know there are there are the people out there are going to be in the in, in these long term coaching relationships. There's going to be people who are going to be um, there'll be coaches listening that that maybe do one off sessions. Yeah, and it's how we the, the, we want the same outcome. One might be in a morning session. One might be over yeah, a yeah. four year cycle. And, and it, but it does come back to that same point that you're making is 
You've got to get in there quick and build that trust in the yeah. relationship. And, and as I say, we, we started at the beginning knowing what they want from the coaching. Uh, and then once you've had a chance to spend some time with them, you, you'll probably have a fair idea of maybe what you think they need. But that's not necessarily what they think they need. So we're going to have to, um, we may have to give them some of what they want in order for them to trust me enough to then me raising the, uh, well, that's all well and good, but maybe this is what we need. And if I can change the uh, the need into exactly what they want, then I've got engagement and then they're going to, they're going to believe me and they're going to go with what we're doing and buy into the, the, the program that, that you're going to deliver. And, and that will, will happen on a, if you've got somebody for a day, you, you've got to get some quick wins for them to, to believe you yeah. and say this person, this coach knows what they're doing and I trust them enough to go with this area that, that they've, they've opened up. Um, otherwise, I think it's a training course, yeah. which is different. So yeah. if, I go, if I go on a training course, you know, I just turn up and I'm going to deliver the product and they go, oh, brilliant. And I'll take from it some of what I can. But that, for me, is not um, performance coaching or, or, or coaching at its best. It's a, a training course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. And so it sounds like you've got quite a, um, a good handle on how you like to coach and what you believe coaching is. How's that, how's that developed over, over the years? <clears throat> uh, right. So, so for me, I think there's two things. Is I've, I've given coaching a lot of thought. <laughs> so I've, I've given it a lot of thought um, because I've studied it a lot. I've done a lot of coaching. But I think on all of that, I've thought about the coaching I've done after I've done it. I've been really reflective on that. And, um, and I've probably thought more about the things that went wrong than I did about the things that went right. Uh, because that's the that's just the way I think we are. We tend to focus on that, but that reflection uh, and also knowing what we might call your coaching philosophy, knowing what you think coaching should be. Unless you've got a clear image in your mind of what you think good coaching is, it's very very hard to do the reflection on it. To then go, right, was that session any good? Because what are you going to compare it to? What, what what were you aiming to do? What would have good looked like if you haven't given yourself a bit of time to think about? what good looks like, then it's quite hard to, to look back on your session <laughs> to see whether you achieved it or not, you know? So that kind of considered coaching philosophy, I think is really important. Um, and, and it has to be your own, not one that you've just taken off the shelf because yeah. that might get you going. That, might, that, that kind of might get you going in coaching, but I think you have to really know what you fundamentally as a coach are trying to achieve every day that you go out there. And um, and how you ideally would go about achieving that, and and that sets quite a high standard for yourself to achieve. But therefore, you're you've got something to reflect against to see whether you you did that. So, so I'm going to rewind you a little bit because mm-hmm. there's a different level. There'll be different levels of coaches with different experiences listening. So, mm-hmm. firstly, um, I'm going to ask you two things here. What what is a coaching philosophy? Okay, so yeah. Just to mm-hmm. sort of break that down to make that because philosophy. Yeah, it's a big, big word, long it's word, a big, and big I do like jargon. So I'll ask you that a bit first. So what's a coaching philosophy? Right, okay. So for me, coaching philosophy is simply, in its simplest form, it's how you think good coaching's done. And I, and I mean how you think it is. Not what somebody else has told you. <clears throat> Maybe it might have been formed, you might have formed this opinion based on having received good coaching. You might have formed it having received bad coaching. Because we're going to go, I definitely don't want to be like that but I want to be more like this, yeah? So so I think that in, in its simplest form, it's simply you having thought 
carefully about what you think good coaching is to you. Um, you know, so so in my example, I personally strive for all coaching to be individualized. So that, that it is a trying to help, and I say trying because it doesn't always go brilliantly. Um, trying to help the athlete, the the paddler, the learner, whatever you want to call them, because it's pretty um, interchangeable terms. How can I help them be the best that they can be? Uh, and if I've got a group of four people, I've not just doing. I'm not delivering the same thing to all four. So, so for me, that's an example of my coaching philosophy is I think all coaching should be individualized and I should be working with each individual to help them achieve their goals. And those goals will be different because each of those four people would be different. Yeah. Does, that, does that answer yeah, that, that question? That, that clears it up. So part two of that question then is your, your coach philosophy has developed since 1989. Yeah, yeah. Back, back in the day. Um, do you think that... Do you think it's changed? Do you think the way you, you think about coaching has changed? And if, if it has, what what do you think has caused those changes? Mm -hmm. And if it hasn't, I'll be, I'll be amazed. Yeah, yeah. No, well, I think it has. I think because early early on, when I was uh, actually in 1989, I was an instructor, you know, in the, the days of BCU Instructor Award. And I, um, and I tried to mimic people that I thought were good. Uh, and what I thought at the time was, if I... If I can teach strokes, if I can know all the ways to teach a draw stroke or a sweep stroke or forward paddling, uh, and I have these little formulas in my head of how you forward paddle and how you draw stroke, then I would just simply learn lots of scripts. And then the more scripts I had, um, I would just then deliver, okay, you, you've come, I'm going to teach you to go sideways, this is how I do it. Uh, regardless of your, your how you do it, this is what I'm doing, and this is a game that links with that. Uh, and I think... Over the years, I've now got to a stage where I'm more I'm happier with my ability to, to to look at somebody, look at where their potential is, and and shape that as opposed to going, no, this is what I do when I teach going sideways, and uh, and you're going to receive this. <laughs> so I think so. It's that's the individual bit that's really changed, and I think that's changed because um, I never um, I noticed that those sessions weren't. They didn't. They weren't good for everybody. So if I was doing a, if I had six people and I was going, here's my ideas model for going sideways. Here we go. You're gonna have it, and then I do it, and then I think that person didn't get that much better <laughs> in that session, and and they might have been able to speak back to me how to go sideways, but they weren't doing it. So when I reflected on those sessions, I was thinking I must be able to do this more effectively, uh, and I suppose that's how they evolved by me trying, reflecting. And going, no, it's different. That's one of the main reasons it's my philosophy's changed. And then the other reason is I've actually done quite a lot of studying. <laughs> and I really like to learn from as many different sources as possible. Uh, I've been really fortunate to watch lots of coaching, not just in paddle sport, but in all sorts of paddle sports. And and I really enjoy watching a good coach work and trying to work out what it is that work for them and what can I steal. So, so, so that's why I think my philosophy has been pretty stable now for the last, I'd say, 10 years. Yeah. You know what I mean? In terms of where I think I'm going with it. But, but that's only because I'm at a stage now where I like to challenge it, but it seems to stick. It seems to have a robustness that I quite like. Do you mean in that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I've, I've, I still think it's fully individualized. I've changed a little bit about uh, how people vary and, and, and how skills are acquired. But fundamentally, I still, I still go about my process the same way. Yeah. 
And do you, do you find, um, so you're now working um, with some really experienced coaches mm-hmm. who, are, who are in very long-term coach-athlete relationships and, and working to develop them. Do you feel um, that the, all your years of experience of coach education and your own coaching, your own reflection on coaching and your studying of coaching has really sort of set you up to be able to watch other experienced coaches and help them develop their philosophies and challenging their <coughs> philosophies and does that challenge your philosophy yeah, yeah. so i think um i have i think the most the, the bit that's benefited the most is um watching coaches and then knowing that i'm gonna have to give them feedback right that's a really different to just watching somebody right because i can just watch somebody and go well, i'm just watching if they go if i'm expected to give them feedback then i've got to really think carefully about what it is I'm looking at. So when I'm looking at the coaching, looking at their coaching and I'm looking really carefully at, um, and, and, and then what I can only, when I watch somebody coach, I can only see what they do. I can't see what they're thinking. So therefore, I've got to think very carefully about what questions I need to ask them. So, so if, I, if I have an idea, therefore, what they were trying to do and I've seen what they actually did, then I can help question them on that, on that development. Um, and the biggest challenge for me is if I have a, a philosophy that's very very different to mine and therefore if I don't know what my philosophy is then it comes down to um, I'd say subjective things well I would have done that differently yeah. but I can't verbalize why I can only say well, I wouldn't have done it that way because I don't like it that way <laughs> and that's pretty subjective and judgmental and I don't think that's going to help a really experienced coach look at an aspect of their practice uh, you know so, so um, yeah, I don't sure that answered the question you were asking, but it, it, that's the way I, like if I'm yeah. looking at experienced coaches, I want to know why they're trying to do what they're doing. Yeah. Because I can see what they've done, but I can't see why. So well, that also, that sort of completes you, the, the circle of the chat really, doesn't it? About why it's really important to know why you coach, how you coach, mm-hmm. so that you can develop as a coach later. And I know we've got another chat coming up, yeah, yeah. which is about how we, how we continue to develop as coaches. So I do think you've answered that. So what, um, as we sort of get towards the end of this this chat, how would if, so how would you give a, a new coach some advice on how, how to build a coaching philosophy that is actually theirs and isn't just, they haven't just robbed it off someone else yeah. and copied what, what you do or what <coughs> the other coaches does. Where, where, do they, where do they start? Right. So, so I, I think I can only, I, can, I suppose you can only, You've got a coach, right? So fundamentally, that's what you've got to do. <laughs> because the rest of it, you aren't going to get good at anything if you only watch other people do it or you read about it. You have to actually get out there and do it, right? So so the mileage is where it is and actually realising that you're going to make mistakes, um, but you've got to learn from those mistakes, reflect on them and think carefully about um, what other reasons it might be that didn't particularly work, yeah? So, so, but initially, I think we all like to just go and steal ideas. So steal tools. Yeah. So and then steal the tools, try them out, see which ones work. And if they don't work, you go, right, that didn't work. Well, that did work. I'm going to keep that. But more importantly, why did it work? And that's when you're going to start developing your philosophy is when you start thinking, why did that work so well? Yeah. And then if you, you take from that, you go, oh, right, I think it was because of this. And then that will start to colour in your little picture that is coaching philosophy. Do you know what I mean? It will be, right, I think, coaching seems to work best when I do these sort of behaviours and and I connect with people in this sort of way you know what I mean and that will be yeah. that will be how it develops fundamentally doing it 
yeah. and fundamentally thinking about reflecting on it not just the bits that work didn't work yeah that's important but I think you need to really develop your own philosophy is why did that work why did that session seem to go absolutely brilliantly yeah you do see people uh, coaches in particular going oh that didn't work that didn't work and thinking well what did work because if, if something mm-hmm. does work we need to we need to be able to repeat it again yeah yeah and then likewise if you're fortunate enough to work uh, in or be in a position where you can watch other people coach is why did that work ask those questions why did that work because if it's working then if you can get to the nubbins of why it was working then you're much more likely to be able to steal that and use it more accurately than well I'm just going to that activity I'm just going to transplant that activity into these other people and see if it works which is probably less likely to happen but it will do if you actually go that worked because they connected with the people or they yeah. their explanations were clear there wasn't too much verbal information you know that, those kind of yeah. parts I think would be where I'd encourage people to go so that's great. Is, it, is there any um, resources people could look at to, to go Ooh. further with this? Or put you right on the spot there? <laughs> put me right on the spot there. Uh, well, I would go to the, the British Canadian Digital Library. Yeah. Because you can go to the coaching um, uh, self-analysis tool and there's there's whole heaps on there. So that's why I, that would be the, because that's, it, because people may listen to this podcast in a year's time and, and uh, that would have been updated since then. So let's go there. Great. Thanks, Thanks for your time, Sid. Cheers, Pete. Thanks very much. Cool.